Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. This week we are discussing, I just realized this, but two Netflix originals. Um, the first one is the, disclo- uh, the documentary uh, titled Disclosure, um, which is all about uh the hollywood hollywood's depiction of transgender people and the impact that's had on those who are transgender and then we also watched the five bloods and that is a spike lee movie that just premiered on netflix but should we talk tv news first yeah let's do news first the first thing that I'm pretty excited about is um, that HBO uh, pandemic-themed comedy that's starring, like, a lot of our best friends, um, including Issa Rae, Dan Levy, Caitlin Deaver, Sarah Paulson, and Bette Midler are all the people that kind of are the notable cast members. Um, Wait, what is this? It's, like, kind of, like like hand-picked people that we like yeah um and that a lot of people like it's not (laughs) that niche i guess um but it's yeah it's a scripted hbo comedy that is like pandemic themed and so i'm assuming that they're going to be kind of like maybe filming it remotely and stuff Mm -hmm. they haven't there's not a lot of info about that but they it's called coastal elites and it says it will air in September on HBO, which does make me think that they must be filming it remotely. They have to. Yeah, September. Basically around the corner. Honestly, yeah. We're practically in July. Wow, that's fascinating. I, yeah, I wonder I when they started. That's weird. That's a pretty quick turnaround, even if they started it right in March. Yeah, that I was I was just about to say I had not realized that it says it will air in September. Until I actually was like rereading this article. And is it September 2020? All it says is it will air in September on HBO. Wow, fascinating. Oh, this, the, it says the quote, which I assume is from like the press release, is that an all star cast playing characters from New York to Los Angeles coping with politics and the pand- pandemic and tells stories of breaking down and breaking through in the summer of 2020 that are funny, searing, poignant, and now. Which honestly, wow. if it were, if it weren't all these people that I love, I would probably I would be like, no. why would I want to watch that? Why would I want to relive my own life? <laughs> like, I know this. I already story. had to live it once. I don't need it again. Yeah, especially the same year that it happened, and it probably won't even be done by September. Yeah, we're actually going to be in more of a lockdown at that point. So, so yeah, that's very strange. But hopefully, we'll get to see Issa and Dan interact because that seems like a dream team. Yeah, that's amazing. I would love I will love that. Well, already your piece of news is uh is great and um more grand like earth shattering than mine, I would say. Um one of mine is that the cast of 30 Rock is reuniting for an hour long episode. Did you hear about this? I'm assuming you did. I did hear about it. And how do you feel about it? 
Well, I was just going to say, I didn't even really read that much about it because I feel like these are the kinds of things we've been hearing about a lot lately. Over and over and over, and yeah. so I'm kind of burned out on stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. But it's even like though- a legitimate episode that'll be airing on NBC. Interesting. I mean, I'm also very burned out on Alec Baldwin, so... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'll... Mm. I'll I'll try it out. The thing is, you know what? I never even went back and watched the Parks and Rec Zoom episode. I was going to say, it's funny that we're already burnt out by it, but we really... I mean, I did watch the Community one, and I did watch the Parks and Rec one, so I guess I have watched a few, but... Yeah. So you're, you you can... We didn't watch the Pretty Little Liars one. Oh my gosh. I talked about that, and I already forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like... It is kind of... I think especially with all of the protests and black lives matter i feel like it's like putting stuff in perspective a little bit and so i'm kind of like content overload a little bit yeah like like is this nostalgic stuff yeah let's just move forward yeah and yeah it's it's kind of like i feel like there's been like a mind a mindset change within quarantine that it's like oh there's my life isn't really that hard that i have to be at home you know Mm -hmm. bigger fish to fry and so i hear stuff like that and it's yeah i love them and i love 30 rock but i'm kind of like add it to my stack of things i have to watch now yeah (laughs) dang but i forgot it's actually crazy too because i forgot that that was announced like this week Mm -hmm. feels like so long ago like this month is long yes it's very long (sighs) um I saw today that Boots Riley, who directed Sorry to Bother You, is making a series um, starring Jarell Jerome from When They See Us, and it's called I'm a Virgo, and then as I clicked on the article, I found out it's about a 13-foot-tall man living in Oakland, and um, that's pretty much all the information we have right now and i'm very confused but also is it based on a true story (laughs) i have no idea wow sounds fascinating do we know what uh service it's gonna be on no he boots riley even says in his tweet says we haven't decided on the network or streamer he says it'll be dark absurd hilarious and important Sounds right up my alley. Yeah. And uh, we love Jarell Jerome. Yeah, it's true. Speaking of, one of my news things is that um, when they see us, um, you can watch it for free without having Netflix. Oh, wow. I love that thing- places are doing that right now. I know, me like, too. Places. services. <laughs> um, another one that you can watch for free right now is Watchmen. Um, mm-hmm. So two very, two of like my favorite things from the last year. Free 99. Go watch it. Yeah. Both of you them. lost that last excuse. People. Yeah. Um, the last thing I have is that I saw today that Netflix dropped the full trailer for the Babysitter's Club. Oh, adaptation. 
And it looks very adorable, very cute. It's also was kind of surreal watching it because like they clearly cast like the correct age for these little actors. But it's so weird because when I was a kid reading the books, they seemed like older than me because yeah, like, they that's were. True. And so they I was like they're like these cool babysitters, but I'm like, "Oh, real babysitters are like 13 years old (laughs) but it looks extremely extremely cute so I'm excited to see if critics say like like adults will like it or if it's really really for like that age demographic kind of exclusively yeah I would um, think they would have to cater it a little bit older since I don't know if children these days are still into the babysitters club I'm sure there are some but yeah, totally. Like, they know that we want to watch it because of the nostalgic factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was extremely adorable. And, the yeah, it was so cute. And I kind of forgot that they were even doing the series. And so it was a really pleasant reminder. Yeah, I'll have to go watch that. That's fun. So for our top three, we are loosely basing it off of the Five Bloods. Um, cause in that movie, they traveled back to Vietnam and it's like a fun little peek into Vietnam, which is actually a place I've been wanting, I've wanted to go. Like there were some parts, especially like the first part of the movie. I was like, oh my gosh, like it's so beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And then by the end I was like, Maybe oh not. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is really stunning. Yeah. Um, so these are, so we decided to rank our top three, um, episodes of TV that made us want to travel somewhere. Okay. I, I'll go first. My number three, I am saying Insecure, the latest season where they go to Mexico. I was just like. I need to get out of my house. (laughs) And I just want to go lay by a pool for hours and hours and hours with nothing to do. Would be my dream come true. That is such a good answer. And I'm really jealous I didn't think of that. Because it really was like a feast for the eyes Mm -hmm. watching that episode. It was torture, but like, oh my gosh. I want to go there so so bad yeah just like this beautiful resort (sighs) you can go and explore and do stuff if you want to but you don't have to you can just lay by the pool yeah it's amazing yeah that's a great answer um my number three i it's two shows made me want to go there um as I've discussed before, I have never actually taken a trip to New York City. And both the shows, obviously Gossip Girl and also Felicity, they both made me want to travel to New York because um, neither show... It's it's also funny because like me and Taylor have been talking a lot about Broad City. And Broad City does a really good job of showing you like the gross parts of New York. <laughs> totally. Um, But these two shows do not show you that. They only show like it's fun and it's just like you feel so like 
kind of grown up like you're living in the big city and a gossip girl obviously takes that to like a whole other level it's totally glamorized and it just is like i don't know i mean i already said glamorized but it really is just like wow you just feel like you're this glamorous lifestyle very true and it's funny that the both those shows made you want to go to new york so bad that you still haven't been and those shows came out when um quite a long time ago (laughs) no one is ever telling me let's go to new york with me (laughs) (laughs) that'll be the name of your memoir everyone went to new york without me yeah totally it kind of it reminds me of like on um it's not like that but in the hills when it's like don't be the girl that didn't go to Paris Paris. (laughs) (laughs) and I'll always be known as the girl who never went to New York I know at this point yeah it's like am I making some kind of statement like (laughs) it's dumb but I like it I think it's a fun fact about you Felicity thank you Felicity made me she gets a job at Dean and DeLuca and so I'm like I gotta go to Dean and DeLuca (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. I think it is. Okay, phew. What a relief. Um. Okay, my number two is Master of None. Um, going to Italy, and it's not even the first episode of the second season where it's like all in black and white. It's when they go back and go to well not when they go back when his friend arrives and they go to that wedding of his friend's ex-girlfriend I think it's in like Tuscany and oh it's so beautiful yeah that's another one I forgot about that oh they did a really good job with the locations and like it almost felt like it was a travel show like a scripted travel show. Yeah, which is funny because that's like his whole thing, and especially in the first season, like he is a travel show host, like a food and travel show host, right? Yeah. Yeah, before he does like cupcake yeah. thing. Cupcake wars. Yeah. Is that really? That's what I was going to say, but I was like, I that think, can't be right. <laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started thinking that was like a real show. And I was like, hmm, I got very confused. But yeah, good point. That is, ex- yeah, that's true. Thank you. Um, my number two is Killing Eve because, and it's not like, it doesn't necessarily make me want to go just to one place because they're constantly traveling everywhere. So it just I was going to say, go. what place? It's every, Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Europe in general. <laughs> East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Because, yeah, it's like, where don't they go in that show? Yeah, it's like, Every true. episode, there's, like, three different cities and countries and stuff. So that one's kind of a cop-out, but... But still, um, yeah. we never we never taught, discussed season two on the podcast. Or season three? Um, yeah, this most recent one was season yeah. three. Um, I've only watched, like, two or... Th- I, I think I've watched three episodes now, but... The last episode I watched, they are, uh, uh, Villanelle is in Spain and it's like amazing. So 
I I'm okay with that answer. Because okay, I good. agree. Yeah, I need to catch up on that for sure. I still only watched I've only watched the season three premiere. It's a hard show to watch because it's not really it's hard to find if you don't have yeah. an AMC hookup, I think. Well, I feel like the season ended. It did. So so maybe it'll be available sooner. Yeah, maybe. Rather than later, hopefully. Okay, well, I'm on the edge of my seat about your number one. Well, my number one, don't be on the edge of your seat because it, it's somewhere we've been already. But um, during quarantine, I've watched a lot of TV. And um, I rewatched Girls and there's a few episodes of Girls that take place in Tokyo, Japan. Um, where Shoshana is living there and it honestly like broke my heart and made me want to cry because I love Tokyo so much and I just wanted to be there right now and could probably live there everything's perfect I love the people I love the how everything's cute I love the food for the most part, and I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I love the ramen. <laughs> I had to unmute myself to just jump, just chime in for a second. But the thing is, like, yeah, you could just eat ramen literally every day, yeah. every meal. So honestly, I'm happy that when I watched Girls, it was before we went. Yes, because yeah, that would be very painful. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was like, it only confirmed to me that like I need to go there. And then watching it back this second time around since I've been there, it was just like, I need to get myself back there right now. And Shoshana makes it like look so easy that she just like got a job there mm-hmm. and lives there in that really amazing building. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. Thank wow, you. Your three were extremely good. Thank you. Um, my number one is um, it is Game of Thrones because now I really, really want to go to Croatia. Oh my gosh. Good answer. Thank you. Because same. Yeah. Like I just, I want to go. I don't really need to go to all the places. I don't need to go to, where's that like freezing cold city where they filmed all the like winterfell scenes i don't remember the name of it but i they used to talk all the actors would be like oh yep we were going back to (laughs) to freezing freezing cold place um because they would always and they'd always be like oh like all the actors where all their scenes are down in croatia it's like tropical vacation for them year round Mm -hmm. and honestly true and i want to see those beautiful buildings and those coasts like it is really really stunning yeah, I think that is like a perfect answer and maybe should be our goal for post quarantine. Honestly, yeah. Girl meets show trip. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to is it Belfast? Yes, Belfast. Yeah, is that in Wales? Does it? Can, no, are Ireland. You at it right now. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like way, way north. I want to say. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like this tiny it seems like it's this pretty small town and but dang yeah no thank you yeah all the characters that have basically the entire show they're wearing like fur coats Mm -hmm. and then the king's landing cast they're all wearing like flowy sleeveless dresses slash nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) great answer great top three yeah that was a really good one good idea thank you all right well should we start things off by discussing the five bloods yeah start us off okay so in the five bloods it's about these men who were all in the same squad in the army in the vietnam war and their squad leader was killed in the war um and they are going back to vietnam as kind of like a pilgrimage back but they also had kind of like hidden these this gold that their squad was like transporting and so they're going back like kind of to pay homage to their fallen friend and also to find the gold wild wild things ensue basically in their like quest great description thank you um i'll start off with the things that i didn't like about it because overall i did like it it's very long it's like two hours and 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it actually, um, it did almost feel like it was like an intro, almost like when you see a play and there's an intermission, it felt like there was a very clear first half and second half of the movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then my only other, my other, my second thing I would say is that I kept getting, I was getting a little bit confused and Maybe I'm just dumb, but like on the timing of everything, because it would go from like flashbacks to when they were in the war to like flash forwards to, I believe it was current time, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it had to be because there was like a Make America Great Again hat. Yeah, and they kept, they were talking about Trump at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but it was, con- it, I think the reason why I was mostly confused is because the same characters who were playing their future selves were playing their past selves. So they looked the same. Did you feel confused yes. about that? Um, no, because, and I think it's just because though, because my like first note is how I, I liked how when it was in current present day, it was widescreen and then it changed to full screen in the flashbacks. It's true. They did do that. And that was, so I felt like since I, for some reason, I noticed that the first time it happened and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that they'll do that to market because it could be confusing with the same actors playing their younger selves. Yes. So that makes sense. So, and I did notice that and I thought that was an, uh, a great way to break it up. But I think I also just was getting confused because there's one character played by Chadwick Boseman He's only in the flashbacks. So I think that was I think that was where my hang up was. Um and I really didn't have that hard of a time. I just thought it was interesting that they didn't even try to make them look younger in the in the war time. Yeah, I I actually 
read something when I was just kind of scanning the trivia on IMDb, which I mean, you kind of take it with a grain of salt too. They never like cite their sources or whatever, mm-hmm. but they they said that it was like a decision they made because it's like them in their memories like remembering everything okay, and maybe sense. it's not always fully accurate i know but it totally makes sense and i feel like because um even in that trivia thing they were comparing it to the irishman which like digitally altered their faces and stuff mm-hmm. and so i'm like i wonder which is more distracting like which is it, it was just a, it was definitely a very interesting choice well and that comparison to the irishman is actually very interesting because um they are pretty similar in like they both movies are kind of just like um like scrapbooks of memories i think yes i would um, agree with that and but i did like the the five bloods better i think yeah i agree the irishman there i mean this one there were sometimes I feel like it's it was a kind of interesting because it was very long, but the first half felt longer than the second half because the second half was very crazy mm-hmm. and like a lot of action, and which I guess is actually a little similar to the Irishman too because like the last five minutes of the Irishman I was like oh okay now we're getting somewhere yeah that's true, <laughs> but um I I was it was I feel like the Irishman felt like a, a story I'd heard tons and tons of times kind of like just it felt very standard like mob movie and this one I felt like like on my own fault but I don't really know that much about like black soldiers in the Vietnam War so I do feel like it was a story I wasn't that familiar with and so I feel like that helped me not uh be as bored Mm -hmm. and um and I mean especially there's some there's this one part in particular I know I took a note on it because it's just like emojis with like a round mouth. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was, there was like some shocking violence that I didn't really see coming. There was extremely shocking violence. Um, so that, I mean, so it's like, it's definitely, this is not a boring movie by any means. Um, but I feel like I just was more intrigued by the storyline. Um, than I was by the Irishman. Like, not to compare them too much, necessarily. Yeah, they're not, like, exactly the same. No. But, um, like, even, like, from the get-go, I was really, I liked the beginning how they're just, it's, like, going through all these, uh, like, footage of, like, prominent black activists from, like, around Vietnam War era and, like, kind of setting up the stage for then when you see these, like, uh, these veterans in present day Mm -hmm. it was very interesting yeah i thought that was really interesting too and i really liked it um because i don't from my knowledge this is not a true story but they like had it take place in with like around true events and had it kind of like backed up as if it could be a true story yeah yeah i would agree with that i haven't heard any any reference to this these characters being real Mm mm-hmm but yeah, it totally gave context to how like the trauma has affected them mm-hmm. in a unique way. And like there were some parts of this movie that made were like so extremely stressful. And sometimes it was just because of like 
what some of the like the Vietnamese people were saying to them and yelling at them and I was just like oh my gosh like there's just so much that I I feel like I have learned about the Vietnam War and kind of like all the different perspectives on it like out of like kind of the standard history book version of it but like there's so much that I just will never understand because like I wasn't living through it you know totally yeah I agree with that um I think the last like my last like note of something I appreciated with this movie is that um it's following like is it well five five of them (laughs) five black men and their experiences but you can see that they they all have like very individualized experiences and they all have different opinions and like like one of them is like a trump supporter and i just find that very fascinating and interesting that that would be included in this movie something something i've been thinking about uh the last couple of weeks and especially today because of a podcast i was listening to but a lot of black people have been coming out and saying like just because Candace Owens is black does not mean that she represents all black people. Like we all have our own thoughts and opinions, just like all of you. And so that's something that I've been thinking about a lot and like reading, reading a lot. And um, I le- I appreciated that it was that kind of idea was portrayed in this movie as well. Yeah. Like when the other guys are like, debating with him kind of and being like what are you thinking like blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. they it, it felt like a real conversation yeah um, and like which, a real way that you would talk to like a friend who was thinking differently about something than you totally um yeah and honestly like that applies to the whole movie these these five men really did feel like they were having like true conversations yeah, I agree. They had they had great chemistry and really seemed like um, friends who had like been through a lot together. Yeah, I would recommend watching it again. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I guess no one really knows what's happening like with awards for anything this Mm -hmm. year but um i feel like i've seen hints that this could be like in kind of the talks about come award season for films this year and stuff so Mm -hmm. it'll be really interesting i was surprised to see that um on imdb it only has 6.7 stars really yeah i feel like i've only seen positive stuff about. yeah i had too that's interesting yeah i never know if imdb is like prone to trolls or what i don't really know either i don't i i should learn more about that but it has like like a high rating on rotten tomatoes oh okay yeah i don't know imdb i because i do always look at the ratings and i'm like interesting but yeah i should Mm -hmm. look at that more too (sighs) cool but yeah i recommend that um if you don't if you're not if you're like don't like watching violence and stuff i would say don't watch this yeah steer clear uh i mean like i i don't really steer clear of violent shows or movies necessarily but i was i was shook by one one scene in particular i was like oh my yeah i was like is that really they're showing it oh it's hot like that's 
that's it. That's that's it. Yeah, that was my yeah my reaction. Yeah, it was wild. Okay, well, on to the second item on the agenda. Um, disclosure documentary on Netflix. Jordan, take it away. Um, well, um, I mean, you summed it up pretty well, uh, in our intro today, but yeah, it is a documentary on Netflix, um, all about the, like, kind of, um, how transgender people are depicted in media, like, starting from, like, the black and white silent film era and going on till present day, and the documentary format is something that I really loved about it is that there were like zero gimmicks. There were no like cheesy reenactments or animations or anything. It was literally Mm -hmm. just like interviews with transgender people who are in the entertainment. Most of them were in the entertainment world, but Mm -hmm. um, I think some were more. Most there's like a historian and there's like a um, ACLU uh, legal person, but that I think every, almost everyone else is in the industry. Yeah, I think because even like journalists, like mm-hmm. they, are, yeah, they're like entertainment journalists and stuff. Um, but it's literally just like interviewing people that are actually sharing first person experiences and footage of the, all the media that they talk about. And that was, it was actually kind of weird how like refreshing that was because I feel like every documentary I watch, it's like they have to throw in all this kind of fluff stuff, like those reenactments and things. Mm-hmm. And this, I liked that it was just, like, pretty bare bones. Like, we're just telling you this is our experience and this is how it feels to be a kid who, like, has these feelings that and... Like, grew up watching these things. Yeah. And here's why these things are wrong and we need to hopefully change them in the future. Totally. Slash like, yeah, now. <laughs> these things are actually harmful. Mm-hmm. Um and here are positive examples. And and I really loved how um, they would be like, I loved this movie. This movie was so important to me. But now as I watch it, I see or I know these like harm that it actually did. Mm-hmm. Like I there was one that the documentary Paris is Burning, which I've never seen. Um, But it was really interesting because they were all and it's about like the ballrooms. um. Oh, I don't think, I think it's singular. It's about like the ballroom scene. um, And it was very, very important for um, like so many of the people that they were talking to in the documentary. But even Laverne Cox was like, I know this is problematic and like, I totally accept that, but I also am happy it exists, which I think is like, it's a complicated way to talk about a lot of media out there Mm -hmm. for various reasons. And so I liked that it was like, it was very honest about these things that actually are still like really dear to their hearts, mm-hmm. but they also see like th- even this, like this was one of the best depictions we had and yet it's still very problematic. Yeah. Well, and another thing that they uh, did really well was um, talking about people who did, who created pretty problematic shows or said problematic things in interviews and then showed them later on 
like how they've changed and like they appreciate that they changed. Um, and like, they never even really mentioned cancel culture, but I think that's something that is like, at least that's something that's like really, uh, at the top of my mind right now is like how we combat cancel culture and, um, and like the way, the inappropriate way to like apologize for things that people have said or done. And like, they talk about Ryan Murphy who, Interestingly enough, they didn't really discuss how he still has kind of problematic storylines in some of his shows, but he is involved in Pose now, um, and previously he was involved in Nip Nip Tuck, which had a lot of problematic trans storylines. So, and then they also even show, like, Oprah Winfrey saying, like, pretty terrible things on, um, on her show, and then now interviewing trans people in like an extremely appropriate and helpful way, which I thought was uh, really great. And I appreciated that they did that. Yeah, that was, it was very, very cool. Um, I liked, cause yeah, like it's like you said, like there's still a lot of kind of cringy things sometimes in Ryan Murphy productions, but specifically with Pose, they're like, he brought in trans people to like create the show and direct the show and star in the show. And so it's like, that is, it's all, that is kind of like using your privilege for good, kind of like creating, creating the space for people, but then being like here now, this is yours. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I thought that was extremely interesting. Um, and yeah, I feel like they did, they, they, in the documentary, they were really, clear and like wanted to give credit where credit was due for like a lot of the the things that happened were in those interviews um it was it was just there was so much that it's just another another thing basically that was so educational for me because there's just so much that I just don't know like even just like the like there's been like so much from the footage like even from like things that were on tv when I was a kid like from the nineties and stuff where like, yes, there would be kind of like the sensationalized, like kind of Mari shows where they talk, they talk to transgender people, but then there would be like, like that interview with Joan Rivers that I thought I was ended up bawling at that was, time. It was amazing. It was amazing. And it was so impressive to me that like, that was, that was a while ago now that was over 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, uh, and I, I don't know. It was just things that I'd never heard or seen. And um, like part of their point was that it's like transgender people are not new. Like people think this is a new thing. It's we've like, we've been here for cent- like a century now, at least mm-hmm. like do- at least where they're talking about, like in the media. Yeah. And um, it was so interesting. Well, and it was fascinating. Like all of the shows who had had like, transgender tropes or like um um storylines like from the 90s and like early 2000s and beyond and before that like I was it was it was amazing how much I was just like stunned at how many times that was used and done and how many shows they even had to pull from and like pull footage from was astonishing 
totally like things that are new yeah and I was like you know what yeah because and they talked about how it's like they obviously have kind of like they're more aware of the things that actually it is like an offensive transgender trope things that I'm like yeah that clearly is but it totally like I just kind of ignored it you know well and one of my last note that I actually have and I should have written down who actually said this um, but they said, do people constructing these storylines even think about trans people watching them back? And um, I thought that was like a really great way to put it and also kind of put it into into perspective. Like, um, I'm not a trans person, but while I'm watching something with a trans person, I should pause and think like, how would a trans person be reacting and like feeling about this? And, and that can help me kind of guide with like, is this appropriate? Is this like a great representation? Is it not? And kind of, cause there are still things that are like put out today, like with trans or even like that can be for anything or anyone. And I think that is like a great way to like, look at the media that you're intaking and like, think about it. Um, more thoughtfully as you were saying that i i was like thinking that wow what a great tool to use for almost anything Mm -hmm. like how would any non-white cis person like be taking in this content because i'm taking it in that that's what i represent how are other groups of people taking this in exactly I think I need to be less trusting that just because it's on TV, a represent like it's not necessarily a representation of uh, how that is for everyone. Which yeah. kind of goes back to that point I was making with the with in Five Bloods, um, with like uh, their the one person in their group who was like a Trump supporter. It's just like everyone. There's not one way to represent an entire community, which they make a great point in the in disclosure that like so many trans trans people are shown as like sex workers in TV shows and like they don't explain the why that is. And um, anyway, I just thought it was extremely fascinating and I just like I I really loved it. It made me think of one other really good point that I loved, which I also think applies to, like, all representation, too, is that it's, like, if there's enough positive representation, then when there is a representation that is more cringy, it doesn't make as lasting of an impression. And people, it's easier for that, for, like, in this instance, it's easier for the transgender community to kind of be able to brush it off. Because there's more positive stuff out there. But if all that's out in the ether is this, like, really offensive off portrayal, then that's all people have. And that's people's impression. Because it's like they said, like, 80% of people don't personally know a transgender person. And so they all have to get it from the media. And, like, that applies. They're like, as a kid, I didn't know any transgender person. Like, I am a transgender person. I didn't know any. So it's like they were even getting all their portrayal from the media or any experience with transgender people is from the media too. So it's like 
It's just just another solid case for representation. Exactly. And it just, it does a really great job of, like, laying it all out in, like, a very uh, educational and, like, emotional and uh, matter-of-fact way that I just thought was really beautiful. Yeah, the straightforward nature of the documentary just, it really resonated with me. And I feel like you're able to just see raw emotion better than if they tried to dress it up in like kind of the typical documentary gimmicks, but it's, it was just perfect. I thought it was a perfect documentary. Yeah. I just want everyone I know to watch it. So this is my plea. Please go watch it. Yeah. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Okay. Uh, crush of the week. <laughs> you know what? I actually, I am going to say Laverne Cox is my crush of the week. You stole mine. I was, I, I mean, Chadwick Boseman is a very, very sexy man. But this week belongs to Laverne. Yeah, Clearly, it has to all be agree. about Laverne. Yeah, I mean, like she's very 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 beautiful but also just like so um like just extremely intelligent and she had just such a way of words of like expressing her own personal heartbreak but also like optimism and honesty because like she was the one who she had she just articulated it so well of like the problematic people and how they recovered from it and, like, are growing from it and stuff. And I just found her so inspiring. When and I, she produced it, right? Yes, she was an executive producer. And I just felt like she literally has every reason to be, like, um, angry and upset and, like, talk about those things in, like, an extremely hurtful way. And she didn't. And she just kind of, like has this like empathy about her that is just like extremely beautiful and yeah she's just like amazing and yeah. it made me really orange is the new black might have to be my next binge watch because oh, i've never gosh. watched it you know i never finished it i should jump back in i think um, we owe it to her yeah totally um wow that would i am really excited to discuss it with you Whenever you start watching it. Thank she you. Is, she is definitely one of the best parts of the show. And I don't feel like that's even debatable. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's what I've heard. So I, I can't debate you on it yet. I probably <laughs> never will. All right. Well, um, not to be too excited, but next week we get to talk about Search Party Season 3. Please prepare yourselves. Finally. Get ready. Finally, finally, finally. Go you watch all the seasons. One time, my I, I made my sister watch seasons one and two in one day with me, and so we did it. We know it's possible. It is so possible. You can do it. You will love it. We'll see you next week. Come prepared. Please and thank you. Bye. Bye.